Did you know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues. So join us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities. We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Ritter and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma. Glad to be here for this episode of Impact Stigma. Our guest today is an assistant professor of psychology at Carson Newman University and a licensed practicing psychologist with performance medicine. Her research interests include the emotional impact of COVID, health psychology, women's issues, and college student health. Please welcome Dr. Robin Branca. Did I say that right? You did. All right, great. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It, it helps if I you, turn myself on, glad right? You did, I glad you joined us, Josh. I thought I hit the button. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. I always like to say good course to them. And there you Yay. go. Yeah, talent's up. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's so neat. Uh, I have a daughter who graduated, and then we have a professor, and then an alumni. Yeah. All in the same house. Awesome. That's great. So my, my first question I'm going to ask her so we can get to know her a little bit better. Yes. It's going to be sports-related since I played football there. Okay. So, what is your favorite sport? Ooh, I love a lot of different sports. Now, to watch or to actually do? Do both. Okay. Well, my favorite one to do is trail running. Okay. So, on any given weekend, you'll find me in the mountains okay. uh, running the trails. Uh, my favorite to watch is probably football. There you go. Yes. Yeah, there you go. My son played baseball, so I have to throw baseball in. I'm sure yours is football. Yeah, it's football. For sure. But I still love football, for mm-hmm. sure. So, that's cool. All right. So my question is, who inspired you to become what you are today? Well, I would definitely have to say my mother. Uh, Of course, both my parents were were great. But uh, my mom, the one thing she did is she told me that there wasn't anything that I couldn't do. And she really believed in me. And so, uh, you know, neither of my parents went to college. So as I kept going along and getting my education, she just said, go for it. Keep going. You can do it. There you go. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, so my next question is, what do you put on your pizza? Mm, okay, first of all, I'm sorry for you um, pineapple people out there, but no pineapple. That really should be illegal. Um, I would say, <laughs> sorry. My not, husband's going to think you're the most amazing thing ever, but I'm I sorry. like pineapple on my pizza. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be offensive right off the bat. Oh, but, gosh, you're not. It's just um, preference. Let's see. My favorite. Okay, it's, it's a weird one, though. It's um, eggplant. Fried eggplant. That's fun. Never had that. Mm-hmm. That's it's very Italian. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. I'll have to figure out how to try that sometime. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, guess what, Robin? It was so good. Go to Gavino's. <laughs> Gavino's in Knoxville. Okay, cool. We'll do that next time we go, for sure. All right. I love everything Marvel and DC. And I'm a huge, I love hero stuff and anything fantasy or whatever. So what superhero would you be and why? All right. Well, there's. This is a new one. This is a new one. Okay. Uh, I have just recently come across Miss Marvel. Yes. Okay. She's wonderful. So she's this. Uh, she's on Disney Disney Plus, and she is this 16 year old girl who discovers that she has some superpowers, and yeah. she uh, writes fan fiction about Captain Marvel. So she's a big Captain Marvel fan. Right. But I love her because she's very awkward. She doesn't fit in. She's trying to figure out who she is. Yeah. And so kind of through what she's perceiving as her weaknesses, they're actually some of her greatest strengths, which I think is that. so true of high school. And so I just love her. She's just my hero right now. There you go. 
Yeah. Awesome. I haven't watched that one yet, uh, strangely enough, because I've watched everything. So I'm going to do that. I'm definitely going to go and watch it for yeah. sure. As always, we strive for candid, open, and sometimes even humorous conversations here on Impact Stigma. So please remember this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional advice, formal diagnosis, or treatment for mental and behavioral health issues. If you need further assistance or have questions, please visit Frontier Health website at FrontierHealth.org for more information. If you, your child, or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health crisis, you can now dial 988 and you will be able to speak with a crisis specialist right away or go to your nearest emergency room. Hello, everyone. Like what you're hearing so far? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, and we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back. So, Dr. Robin Blanca, is that right? It's Branca. Branca. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at this. It, I struggled with it too, so don't feel bad. I, know. I asked Bella 14 times, please help me say your professor's name right so I don't feel stupid. It's like brain. brain Branca. Yeah, I'll never okay. forget it again. Yeah. Branca. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> A little, can you share a little bit more about what you do as a professor for Carson Newman? Yes. Um, well, first of all, Carson Newman is just my dream job. I love working there. Um, I'm a little biased, but we do have the best students in the whole wide world. <laughs> they are so sweet and, and kind-hearted and driven. So I teach the applied courses in the psychology department. Mm -hmm. So I teach things like counseling theories and techniques. I teach forensic psychology. I teach um, uh, adjustment and health psychology. I teach intro psych and uh, abnormal psych, things like that. Mm -hmm. What was my daughter's favorite class that you taught, by the way? Just out of curiosity. You know, I'm not sure, but she did love my adjustment and health class because in that class, every class session, we do a relaxation training exercise. She talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you fall fall asleep in class, in that class, it may actually improve your grade. (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that. Can we do that at work? That's a class I needed. I know. Just just a downtime. I had one class in that department. And the project, you know, they gave us money, this fake money and stuff, and you had to do the society thing. So me and another guy in the art department went back and made copies of them. So we made millions of dollars in fake money and paid a hitman to kill everybody in the class. So if you you died in the class, you had to turn your seat around and stare at the wall the whole class. So we brought a pack of cards that everybody killed and just sat in the middle playing cards the whole class while everybody else... He said, you know, it's real life. That's what could happen. So, Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe that you did that. Thank you for sharing that amazing yeah, story. That That's funny. Reminded me of that because all those classes are together in that <laughs> right. same building. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's great. It's pretty funny. That is. All right. Would you care to share your personal experience with, like, burnout over the last few years and how mindfulness and resilience practices helped you overcome it? Um, well, you know, I'll be honest. Um COVID, I, I really didn't get burned out during COVID because I kind of went right into action mode. Yeah. It actually fueled my desire to help people. And there were so many people that were needing help at that time. And, you know, when it first hit, 
I, of course, we all went online. All the schools mm-hmm. went online. And I got to spend a whole semester with my son uh, in the other room. You know, he was doing his classes online. I was doing my classes online. So we had some real quality time there. M- my husband is a pulmonary critical care physician. And so, obviously, his work picked up quite a bit. I would say. Um, <laughs> yes. And so I had to kind of go into this protective mode. I was protective of my students, protective of my son protective right. of my husband. And so for me, that was kind of energizing. But uh, but I have certainly been burnt out at other stages in my life. I would say graduate school oh, wow, was really yeah. tough because I was working three jobs, sometimes two jobs at one time because I was the on-call counselor as well mm-hmm. as teaching courses. So yes, I was pretty burnt out then. And, and I actually used a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today to help me. Oh, I, wow. don't know, I don't know if I could have went to school during the pandemic. That would have Well, I mean, we'll get into it because that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. But I remember it was so hard because Bella had to come live at home. Mm -hmm. It was so hard because she was so excited to go to school. And then she ended up being like, okay, I was so pumped up to go. And now I'm home. What's going on? And and we've talked about your, you know, my kids kids struggled. struggled. My kids Mm -hmm. struggled. And so that's definitely something that, you know, we wanted to talk about. So, but the burnout part has to do with what you saw and I don't know if it was something you saw if you didn't experience if you saw others that saw it that dealt with it oh 100% my students uh, I saw such a change in them and and even when we came back to school because at Carson Newman we tried to keep things as normal as possible I mean Mm -hmm. we went right back to school the next semester yeah they were anxious they were afraid there was this real fear and feeling of impending doom amongst staff as well as students and that's um, hard. It was very, very difficult. And so trying to keep all of that in perspective uh, became a real challenge. I think burnout's something that we um, definitely want to kind of define. So, you know, what are some of the common causes of burnout? And can you kind of like help people identify what it means to experience it and just kind of give like a what is burnout, I guess, would be the best question. Well, you know, there are a few definitions. There's right. definitely the formal definition that you'll hear about in psychology circles, but then there's kind of the more layperson definition as well. Um, I'm going to just kind of describe both. Sure, uh, please. You asked about the causes of burnout. Yeah. Some things that can cause burnout are one of the main things is when you don't ha- feel like you have a lot of control over your life mm-hmm. or what you have to do at your job if it's being imposed upon you. Another cause can be when you have a values conflict with the work that you're doing and it doesn't really give your life any kind of meaning. When you have to do a lot of work or you have to spend a lot of time doing things that don't feel important to you or they are just things that you don't like doing, all these things can lead to burnout. So some symptoms of burnout are like feelings of self-doubt, feelings of like low self-esteem, feeling as if you aren't really making any kind of difference or or helping anybody in your work, feelings of resentment. Uh, For example, in um, healthcare workers, you'll see people starting to resent their patients or teachers starting to resent their students getting really impatient having real low motivation, something I call it the Sunday night blues, when, you know, by noon on Sunday, you're already dreading going to work on Monday, that you might be burnt out if you feel that. (laughs) Uh, One 
sign that it is actually burnout and not something else because burnout can look a lot like depression. It can sometimes look like post-traumatic stress disorder. But one thing we know with burnout is it gets better when you go on vacation. So all of those symptoms start to kind of go away when you're away from the mm-hmm. job or your work. But depression is going to stay with you. That makes sense. Yeah. So how does mindfulness help in managing stress and preventing burnout? Well, you know, mindfulness can help with a lot of the physical symptoms that you get with burnout because uh, when you're burnt out, your body kind of goes on high alert and you stay in what we call sympathetic hyperarousal. If you remember that fight or flight response that Mm -hmm. you, you know, heard about in college, um, you know, you're ready, you're ready for something bad to happen. That sense of impending doom is you're going to, there's a physiological reaction to that. So you're going to produce more stress hormones like cortisol. You're going to have accelerated heart rate. You're going to have higher blood pressure. You're going to have shortness of breath. You're going to have muscle tension which leads to things like headaches and clenching your teeth and sleep problems and all of that. And mindfulness can very much help to engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite of that, which helps you to what we call rest and digest, helps you to calm down, helps you take deeper breaths. So mindfulness can help you with that. It can also help with those psychological symptoms because what mindfulness does is it puts all of those fears and um, sadness feelings that you have into perspective. You start to really see things as maybe not quite as important as the credit that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. So can you discuss some specific mindfulness exercises that could just be practiced daily and kind of help build that resilience and just help with curb burnout? Yes. Well, when we talk about mindfulness, there are two aspects to it. There's usually a kind of physical cognitive aspect, but there's also an attitude that you have to have with mindfulness. We talk about something called beginner's mind. If you've ever been on vacation, you know, something that people will often do when they go on vacation is they will look for the Walmart of this new place that they're in. And then they walk through Walmart and they're so excited to be in Walmart because they, <laughs> they've they never been in this Walmart. OK, that's true. And they're looking for all these things. How is this Walmart different from my Walmart. And it's just so exciting. You're so excited. You're walking around CVS or Walmart, but you're in Puerto Rico. And so it's really cool. Well, what if we could walk through our lives every day as if we were on vacation and as if we were children that Mm -hmm. had never experienced it before? And that we call that beginner's mind. So that's one attitude that if you can just get kind of excited and curious, um, non-judgmental, accepting of everything that's happening to you in this current moment, you are going to become happier pretty quickly. And so I will tell my students, I want you to walk outside of class today. And when when you go to your next class, I want you to pretend as if you're on vacation and you've never seen this campus before and use all five of your senses to experience that walk. That would be a mindfulness walk. So, you know, there's an attitude. um, As well as that, you can do some real simple things like deep breathing. We know that deep breathing is going to engage that parasympathetic nervous system. It's going to slow everything down. And so that's one of the first things when when I find that um, I'm getting anxious or I'm not in the current moment, I will take a nice deep breath and blow it out. Mm -hmm. So what are some unique challenges that you saw your students face over the last few years with burnout and stress? Wow, I've seen a lot. 
One of the biggest things I've seen, especially with COVID and just the last couple of years, is I've seen a lot of grief, a lot of grieving, whether it's from the unexpected loss of a loved one Mm -hmm. or the unexpected, wow, this milestone in my life didn't go the way that I had always pictured it. Right. From graduation, going away to college, weddings, funerals. And that was huge. It really shook an already, you know, underdeveloped identity. You know, they're so young, they're trying to figure (laughs) out who they are. And those milestones are so important in helping them get to the next stage. I saw a bit of regression, you know, kind of acting younger than their age. I also saw a lot of isolating and withdrawal. That's interesting. I saw some depression. So what were some ways you helped your college students balance the demands of like academics, work, and social life just to help them prevent that burnout? Well, we at Carson Newman, especially in the psych department, we had some real powwow meetings about how are we going to get through this mm-hmm. and how can we, because we're very protective. The faculty at Carson, we're very protective of our students. Yes, you are. I can attest to that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we went into action mode and some of the things that we did is, first of all, we really lightened up on our demands and expectations yeah. with our classes. So deadlines became much more flexible. We put our classes both online and in person. We were very understanding when people had to miss class. We even made some of our assignments a little easier Mm -hmm. in some ways just to help lighten their load and and reduce the stress levels that they had. Was there any like classes on the lawn? We did a lot of that uh, because, you know, we had to social distance in the classroom yeah. and wear masks, and that could be very awkward. So, yeah, we I would take them outside every chance I got. Definitely a good choice. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, because Bella is a fan of this podcast, though she listens to every one of them, which is so <laughs> sweet, and I love her so much. Um, and so I apologize, Bella, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Hi, Bella. <laughs> but one of the things that I know was a struggle, it wasn't necessarily like how to operate technology, but mm-hmm. it was like the switching from in-person to that. So yes. um, can you discuss the impact of technology and like social media on college students and how mindfulness can help mitigate its negative effects? Because I know that that connection was kind of severed mm-hmm. and then they had to kind of like they're on their phones so much more now and right. like they're still dealing with it right so how can we like help students that are out there listening to this or parents that are listening to this encourage their students um to prevent burnout from dealing with too over technology over social media yeah. too much of it you know Social media is so interesting. It has some real good things that it's done for our students, and it has some really hard things that has, you know, it's been difficult for them. I think the biggest problem with social media is FOMO, that fear of missing out that they Mm -hmm. get, that comparison that they have, and even producing content for social media, you kind of, you know, you present this false side of yourself, the best possible side that may or may not be accurate. And then everybody else, you know, tries to compete with that. It it can really do a number on your self-esteem. The good side of it is that uh, if you interact with people through social media, you can actually have more social connections and feel more connected. So uh, one of the tips I would give to make it healthier is to avoid the scrolling and 
uh, and and the trolling, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and both. get more and get more interactive with right. people through so- social media. So you know, put those likes on there. Say a positive comment. Don't engage in the negativity. Another thing I would say to make it healthier is to be more intentional when you pick up your phone and you before you hit that Instagram button. Think about what you're wanting in that moment. What are you looking for? Are you feeling lonely? Because if you're feeling lonely, you're wanting connection, you're actually going to feel more lonely after scrolling through 100 Mm -hmm. pictures of people on vacation. I feel that way. Mm -hmm. I find that's a good point. I don't even, I don't think I even like associated that with that. But you're right. It does make you feel I don't really, I don't really comment on people a lot. I usually just look at things because yeah. I just like to look at things. And you're right. I think when I just mindless kind of like doom scroll, it's like, okay, now I'm just sad. <laughs> well, it's just like television, you know. Uh, now, uh, Instagram, for example, uh, you know, it's mostly marketing. Yeah, and marketing is going to create. FOMO intentionally so mm-hmm. that you'll try to buy something that will make you feel better or feel right. more connected. Yes, I've done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what role does self-care play in preventing burnout and how, you know, it can be practiced efficiently or effectively? Well, number one, I think you really need to give yourself permission to take care of yourself. You know, we are in a very driven culture. Mm-hmm. One thing about mindfulness is that we emphasize being instead of doing And so you think about that for a minute. You know, when you meet someone, you don't want to, you know, we ask people, what do you do? Where do you live? That's true. Well, none of these things really matter. You know, the better question would be, you know, who are you? What do you like? You know, and so giving yourself permission to just be and um, is is very, very important. Uh, But also when you talk about self-care, I think of things like, you know, getting your sleep, eating right, um, allowing yourself to practice some relaxation exercises um, and just giving your permission yourself permission to be human is so important. If you are going to engage in some kind of self-care practice like diet, exercise, meditation, you need to do it first thing in the morning or, or right before bed at night, because then you actually get more benefit throughout the day. If you actually mm. practice it during those That's times. That's good. Mm. And I like the fact that none of the things that you said had anything whatsoever to do with sitting in a bubble bath or getting your nails done <laughs> or getting a massage or getting your hair done or the things those that all we, cost money. I know. Yeah. Our students can't afford those. Right? <laughs> no, but it's extremely important because there's very much a misconception in the world that's like self-care looks like something like that. And it's not. It's no. really more like helping yourself be more about who you are. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And bringing that out in others and appreciating that, just appreciating yourself and appreciating others just for simply existing because we are so precious. You know, we were made and we all have a very special gift. There will never be another one of us on this world and in this planet ever again. And so searching for whatever that thing is that we're supposed to do and not do, but be in the world is really, really important. And we can bring that out in others, especially Mm -hmm. if we're always looking for that precious thing, you know, whether they're, whether they're laying in a ditch somewhere or a CEO of a big company, who cares? Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So can you talk about the importance of setting boundaries and saying no when it comes to preventing burnout? Yes, that's actually crucial. I gave a talk to a group of physicians a couple of years ago about physician burnout, because that's one occupation that Mm -hmm. we're seeing 
a huge increase in burnout. And that was one of the main points I made. When you are a caretaking person and you're interested in helping others, you often have a difficult time setting boundaries. And so first I had them all practice the word no. And so (laughs) audience out there, let's all practice together. (laughs) When someone asks you to do something, no. (laughs) (laughs) If that feels too harsh, another suggestion I have is that any time, start paying attention to all the times during the day that someone asks you to do something. And here's the answer you can always give. I'll let you know tomorrow. And that's really important. I'll let you- I love that. I'll let you know tomorrow. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go home, think about the request, and ask yourself this question. Do I really want to do this? Do For me, is there something that I want to do that this is important to me, that this is meaningful to me? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, I don't care how big the puppy eyes are of the person across <laughs> from you. Practice saying no, sleep on it, yeah. and, and be good to yourself. Because every time you agree to do something, it's actually going to take away from something else. It, there's, it's not free. Right. There's no free yes. It always has a cost. And what I find, people who have trouble with boundaries, they always end up in situations where they're doing a lot of things that aren't important to them. So how would you suggest someone create a supportive network or community to seek help? For um, burnout? Yeah, for experiencing burnout. You know, well, number one, be very mindful of the people that surround you. Because if you're burnt out, again, you might be one of these people that can't say no. And you will unfortunately tend to attract people who want you to do a lot of their stuff. (laughs) You know, uh, not that that's always a bad thing, but be mindful of kind of who's around you. And so Mm -hmm. start paying attention to the people that when you finish interacting with them, your tank is fuller instead of emptier. And start hanging around with those people a little more. That that will start to create a great community. The other thing is talk about it. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people at work. And if you are in a position of power in an organization, you really need to pay attention to the example that you're setting. One of the big problems I see is people do not take their vacations. There was a study done recently where they found that over 40% of Americans do not even take any of their vacation days. Oh, yeah, I believe that. And what often happens in organizations is you'll see the boss person never taking a vacation day. Well, and that makes everybody else feel very awkward about taking their own vacation days. And so... That's a good point. Yes. And so setting that example, whether you're in a position of power or, you know, so doing that. And um, of course, there are hotline numbers that you can call. I've got a few links that I uh, sent yes. to for the end of the podcast. We'll yeah. make yeah, we'll definitely make sure that we add those upon the board. Um, and yeah. when we put when we post the, the podcast, yeah, absolutely, it'll be All part right. of that for sure. All right, one last question: mm-hmm. If you could step into our shoes and this podcast, what would you ask yourself that we didn't? That's one of my favorite questions. Gosh, I I think since we're talking about burnout, I think one of the the deeper things about it is. Ask yourself, you know, what is the greater purpose for me to be here on this planet? And how much of my day do I spend actually engaging in something that's going to make that happen in the world? If you can start seeing everything that you do as leading towards that bigger thing, you're going to feel much better. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Yeah, I get that. Thank you. That was really great. I really appreciate you coming and being here. I have been waiting for this. You have no idea. Oh, uh, me too. (laughs) It's been so exciting. I'm I'm very honored and privileged to be here. We are honored to have you for sure. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure. This has been a really good, informative episode, and I've learned things that I didn't know. So that's really great. So for all our Impact Sigma family, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Impact Sigma. And thank you all so much for continuing to tune in. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe and like and share all that stuff. You can find us on Amazon, Apple Music, and Spotify. All the good places. Remember, leave a recommendation and share with your friends because you kind of like never know who you're going to make an impact with if they, they may need to hear this. So we can't wait to spend time with you all again soon. And thank you for continuing to help us make an impact. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities. Economic burden alone is in the billions, and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. For us at Impact Stigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Stigma on our website at impactstigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at impactstigma.com. Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Stigma. You're so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to Impact Stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.